0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Across the Airways, the podcast dedicated to giving weekly TV show episode reviews, along with news and opinions on the television industry. I'm Dan Schmidt, your host, rejuvenated after our Christmas break, and really glad to be back. I've missed Nico and all of you listeners, and of course, with me is my co-host.
1: Hey, everyone, it's Nico. On this week's episode, we're going to review only the mid-season premiere of Castle and take a quick look at the results of the People's Choice Awards because we want to gradually ease back into a full schedule of reviewing our favorite shows. Besides, Chuck, Bones, Fringe, Smallville, and Supernatural have not had their mid-season premieres yet, so there's nothing really to talk about. We are also deep in preparation for our next Smallville live show, which will be on February 4th, entitled Chloe Fest 2011 an episode of ATA that will not only review the episode Beacon, but be a chance through the magic of live show chat for all of you fans out there to have a conversation on how much we love the character of Chloe Sullivan and discuss her triumphant return in the Smallville mid-season premiere episode entitled Collateral.
0: And in response to this announcement, we've kind of had a lot of exciting things happen regarding this podcast. I mean, our past two live shows that we've had have been exciting and great, and I thought this was going to be more of the same. But this episode, Chloe Fest, went to a a whole new level of excitement when we were contacted by Legendary Women, Inc. And they are an organization who is sponsoring a fundraiser in Chloe Sullivan and Allison Max names for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation, which is a great charity that's helping people with spinal cord injury, get the things that they need to take care of themselves such as wheelchairs and medical supplies and things like that. And it's a great organization and of course Nico and I support it wholeheartedly through our experience at Horizon. And also the cool thing about this charity is if you support them, they give you a set of dog tags which has the Superman symbol on it, which is awesome for Nico and I who are hardcore Superman fans. So it's a really cool thing. And it's a great foundation and this great group of people called Legendary Women, Inc. They're huge Chloe fans. And to show their appreciation for such a great character that both Nico and I love. They're doing a charity for the Christopher and Dana Ree Foundation. And because they're helping us out with this event, they took the time to actually record a commercial advertising their charity event. As well as Chloe Fest. So we're going to play that for you now. So, you guys can hear about everything that they're doing and the part that they're going to play within Chloe Fest as well as their old charity coming up. Last year, fans of Allison Mack and Chloe Sullivan raised over $3,000 for the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. This year, we're conducting our second annual Legendary Fundraiser until January twenty second, 2011. 100% of all proceeds raised will be given to the Reeve Foundation. Additionally, on February 6, members of Legendary Women, Inc. will be attending Allison's play in New York and presenting her with a card of recognition from the Reeve Foundation as well as letters from donors. So please, send whatever you can via PayPal. For further questions, please contact us at legendarywomeninc at gmail.com. So go forward and give until January 22nd. Thank you. And as I said before, basically in return for our support here at ATA of this event, our live show is going to include a representative from Legendary Women Inc. And right now it's looking like it's going to be two of them. And one of the people is Elizabeth D. Razzo. I hope that's how to pronounce her name right. But she has graciously volunteered to join us for a live show and also do an interview talking to us about Legendary Women, Inc. and how they got started and everything like that. And also she's going to talk to us about her own career as an actress. She's actually on an HBO show called Eastbound and Down that's produced by Will Ferrell. And she's going to come onto our show to talk about that as well as her love for the character of Chloe Sullivan. So that's great, and that's going to get us one of our first celebrity guests on Across the Airways, which is Grace. And also, as I said in the press release, they are going to go see Allison Mack's play, The Apple Cove, on February 6th. And there they will be presenting her a copy of our live show entitled Chloe Fest. So if you join us for this live show, you'll potentially get a chance for Allison Mack to hear your appreciation for her character and all the great work she's done on the past 10 seasons of Smallville. So, please join us for this event that's going to be huge for ATA fans, Chloe fans, and Superman fans everywhere. So please join us for that. Be really great, and I'm sure Allison Mack will appreciate everything you have to say about her character, and a great discussion about all the great work she, with her cast members, have done on Smallville. I really hope that they give her a copy of this, and she gets to listen to it. would be a great thing. I know Nico and I are both huge Allison Mack and Chloe fans, so we would love for her to hear our thoughts. Also, Allison Mack is currently our friend on Twitter. I don't know if she's listened to any of her previous episodes, but she is our follower, and that's a great thing, and we're really excited, and we hope that this is our way of saying thank you to her for showing some sort of interest in our podcast. It's a great thing, and I'm really excited, I'm sure, Nico's pretty excited about it as well. So with that, Nico, do you want to move on to TV news? Sounds good. If you remember back a few
1: episodes, we asked you to go and vote for your favorite show for the TV Guide cover. I'm happy to announce that one of our shows here on ATA, Supernatural, won that cover contest with Duck in second place very, very close behind and Smallville just barely being inched out by the other two. That means the top three shows are all shows that we talk about here every week on ATA. Yes. And that is awesome.
0: It is great.
1: So thank you to all of you that went and voted. I know I voted for all three of those shows at least yep. once. Uh, so it every was hard to choose. I, yeah, it was. And that's why I voted for everyone at least once. <laughs> yeah. So And I also saw that Amy Acker just did a guest spot on CSI. I know we don't really like that show here on ATA, but we do love that actress, so it was good seeing her on another show, especially after her show last spring was canceled, which was unfortunate, because I actually got into that show. But I didn't have much other news today, but it was good to see that TV Guide cover be three ATA shows.
0: Yeah, well, especially since we had every show that we've covered, pretty much. I think, was Fringe on the list? I
1: believe Fringe was on the list.
0: So every show that we covered was on this cover contest. So it was very difficult for us to choose which one we wanted on the cover. I was kind of disappointed that Chuck and Smallville lost. I think that they've had much stronger seasons than Supernatural had this year, so I was kind of disappointed show quality-wise that Supernatural got on the cover, but hey, you know what? I really like Jensen Ackles. It's great for them on the show, and maybe this will give the writers incentive to turn that show around. So hopefully that'll work out, but I'm not really in the mood to complain too much today because I'm just really excited about everything that's going on with Chloe Fest.
1: I did want to mention that along with Amy Acker having that guest spot last week on uh, CSI, she's also been cast in a new show coming out on USA, probably for the summer season. It's called Common Law. It's going to be one of their new shows, and you guys should check it out just for another great actress getting another shot. So, is that going to be gonna a lawyer show? I believe it is. I haven't read much on it because it just the news just broke today or two days ago on Whedon-esque, and I wasn't able to really read about it too much. Just that she had gotten the part.
0: And USA always has to give a nice twist, uh, the typical genre show. You know, Burn Notice was a twist on the spy. White Collar was kind of a twist on the heist. And then of course, Psych and Monk were. A twist on the police procedural mystery. So hopefully they're going to do the same thing with lawyer shows now.
1: Yeah, they have another law show that is following back-to-back with uh, Royal Pains that is starring the actress. I forget her name, but she was the co-star in Life on NBC. And that just starts this week coming up. So it looks like they're going to have two legal shows on But it worked fine with Psyche and Monk being on at the same time. Late in Monk's run and early in Psyche's.
0: Yeah. And also, very quickly, White Collar returns on Tuesday. So we'll get to see the fate of Maz in that episode.
1: I think, unfortunately, from the previews, they might have gotten rid of all suspense. But I won't ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen any previews. Um, That's all I have to say about that.
0: (laughs) I have not seen a preview. I've purposely not looked. Okay. With that, speaking of previews for new seasons, there were sure a heck of a lot of previews for this mid-season premiere of Castle. And I think it lived up to everything the preview said, and I think the hype around it as well. So we're going to go into Castle now, talking about their mid-season premiere, entitled Nikki Heat.
1: When Castle's novel... Heatwave is turned into a movie. Actress Natalie Rhodes shows up at Beckett's invitation to better understand the character she's going to play. Meanwhile, the threesome investigates the murder of a high-class matchmaker.
0: And the return of Castle in 2011 was somewhat mediocre on the mystery side. That did not mean it was a bad episode at all. But really, this episode, what its strong suit was, and what it primarily focused on, was humor and character building, which is what this week's discussion about Castle is primarily going to focus on. And delving into this episode, most of the humor and character building I mentioned surrounded Laura Prepon, who you all know as Donna from that 70s show, appearing in this episode as Natalie Rhodes, the actress set to play Nikki Heat in the movie adaptation of Castle's novel. And at first, Natalie Robes seemed to represent the worst nightmare for writers such as Castle and myself, through her not being the actress Castle envisioned playing his title character. The character of Nikki Heat is a smart, complicated detective with with enormous depth. And then a studio goes and casts the brawless coed and blood-soaked t-shirt
1: from Knife 2?
0: Which is something I'm seriously afraid of, as a screenwriter. Could I haven't experienced that yet. But I know it's coming. And I'm not really sure how I'm going to react. And to make matters worse on Castle. Natalie actually comes into things. Having no idea who Castle is.
1: I'm sorry. I don't think you heard. I'm Richard Castle. Great. I, I wrote Heatwave. Oh I thought your name sounded familiar.
0: And Beckett of course. Teases Castle about this. To the extreme by making Castle kind of her slave, and the guy who ends up having to carry both Natalie and Beckett's coats, which was a great sequence in the episode, and quite funny, and Nathan Fillion's facial reactions said everything with the whole situation. So I was cracking up laughing, as well as my family who was watching the episode with me. And eventually, after getting over the fact that Natalie did not read Heat Wave, which was another shocking thing to Castle... No, we can't judge a book by its cover. Yes, actually, yes, I can, when it's my book. And she didn't read it because the screenwriter made major changes in the story.
1: Changes. What what changes?
0: Castle ends up warming up to the idea of Natalie playing Nikki Heat due to her dedication towards the role and some advice from Alexis, who said several times throughout the episode that she may or may have not seen her previous horror films. However, as Castle warms up to the idea of Natalie playing Nikki Heat, Stadia Canik gave us a hilarious performance as Beckett starts to freak out over Natalie's dedication to the role, causing her to start acting more and more like Beckett, even going to the extent of ordering a wig so she ends up looking just like Beckett. You should be flattered.
1: Yeah, sure.
0: Until she steals my boyfriend and kills me in my sleep... While this is going on, we get something that's been a long time coming. A plot line totally dedicated to Detective Ryan. As he goes to Castle for advice on how to propose to his girlfriend. And at the same time, it's also revealed that Ryan and Nico have something in common. Through both of you having a top five list of the five celebrities you could sleep with if you had the chance to. Going back to Beckett freaking out about Natalie stealing her identity, things get kind of crazy in a comedic sense when Beckett witnesses Natalie making out with Castle in the elevator, and her asking Castle to sleep with her so she can fully understand Beckett. And all this happened just before a commercial break. So I basically went into that commercial with my jaw hitting the floor on Oh my god, what's going to happen? And how's everyone going to react to it? And When we came back from the commercial break, I really thought crap was going to hit the fan, basically, after what Beckett saw, and I thought Castle was going to get a a pretty big predicament. However, in my opinion, I thought Beckett should have reacted more to the whole situation, with, I would say, a little more anger or jealousy. But thankfully, she asked Natalie if she slept with Castle, and the answer was no, which thankfully, rightfully maintained Castle's good guy persona. I really think if she would have slept with him, I think it would have ruined Castle's almost image as the hero of the story. It's the same kind of situation we talked about a couple weeks ago in the mid-season finale of Bones about Booth breaking it off with Hannah. That would have been weird and that would have been out of character. And I think the same situation would have happened here if Castle slept with Natalie. So that was a good thing that didn't happen and go down. But again, I still thought that we should have got a little more reaction from Beckett after all that situation went down. Especially how Castle making out with Natalie went into the commercial break. I just thought there was going to be a little bit more friction caused because of that whole situation. And even though Castle manages to dodge the bullet known as Natalie Rhodes, Ryan ends up getting hit by it as his girlfriend starts to believe that he slept with Natalie. When in reality, he was secretly meeting with his girlfriend's parents, to ask for her hand in marriage. And as the episode continues, things begin to spiral so far out of control with Natalie, Beckett, Castle, Ryan, and Esposito that they resort to hiding from her in a laugh-out-loud moment for all the great characters at the precinct. What are you guys doing? Hiding from Creepy Beckett. We're not hiding.
1: Did you find anything on Greta Morgan?
0: Then, as they wrap up the mystery, Castle, Beckett, and her team ends up warming up to Natalie as she stops this week's killer from committing suicide. It is scene very similar to the second episode of the series, where Beckett confronts a nanny who was that episode's murderer. Finally, in the last scene of the episode, Ryan, in a very heartwarming moment, proposes to his girlfriend, and she accepts. And with that, this week's episode of Castle ends with me wondering who is going to play Castle's counterpart in Heatwave. Jameson Rook. Right now wishful thinking is making me want to say Alan Tudick. or better yet Neil Patrick Harris which is highly unlikely due to his obligation to How I Met Your Mother but most likely it's probably going to end up being somebody like Topher Grace or another actor who was on a popular TV series. Again I'm not really sure on that but I want to hand things over to you Nico with your thoughts on Castle.
1: First off, let me talk about Topher Grace for a second. That would actually be a great idea since he and Laura were both lovers in that 70s show. So if they were reunited in this show to be the main characters of the Heat Wave movie, that would be hilarious and kind of a throwback or an homage to that show and the the chemistry that they shared on that. But I'm not voting for Topher Grace, though I do like him, but Alan Tudyk would be much better. (laughs) Yes. But, okay, so Castle this week. I was every bit the character of Castle this week with yeah. the feelings on the actress Natalie Rhodes being Me cast too. as Nikki Heat. <laughs> I began with disgust, but eventually grew to like her because she took the time to really get in Beckett's head and actually read the source material when she hadn't originally, but she took the time on advice of Castle to get to know Nikki Heat. yeah, And she transformed herself from being just a spoiled actress trying to play a cop to being Nikki Heat. And I think the best scenes of this episode, or at least her time at the NYPD, were when she was imitating Beckett so well yeah. that she scared or freaked out Beckett. And that was pretty good.
0: Well, she freaked out everybody.
1: I have to agree with you also that the mystery this week was... Extremely weak. However, it was successful in writing the humorous portrayal of Natalie Rose as Nikki Heat and kind of forgot to write a mystery. Yeah. That's probably the only thing you can say bad about this episode. Everything else was spot on. It was a great episode, except for the main part of what Castle is it's a mystery every week. And so they kind of missed the boat there but more than made up for it with all the character development, the fact that Ryan got engaged, the humor between Natalie, Beckett, and Castle, and how Castle was kind of the odd man out at the beginning, and then Beckett was kind of the odd man out, and then how everybody kind of came back, and it was a love fest at the end, and it was really well done. I'm not knocking the the episode at all, all just saying that they kind of, you know, forgot to do a mission. And then finally, it's not only a top five list of actresses, it is a freebie list. Okay. Or a list of actresses that it does not count as cheating with if you have the opportunity and you sleep with them. And uh, I do indeed have a list myself. But being that I am single, I don't really need only five because (laughs) I don't have anyone that it would be cheating on. But you'll have to send me yours at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com.
0: But yeah, this
1: was a... Go ahead.
0: No, I was just saying, when I saw that scene, I had to laugh. It made (laughs) me think of you right away. Yeah. Because I I know we've had that discussion. And again, uh, everyone out there, that does not mean... That Nico has a sleazeball or anything like that. It was a late night. It was I think it was what three in the morning, and we yeah. had that conversation kind of deal. Well,
1: yeah, I brought you it know. up that it was originally in a Friends episode. That was the first yes. place I ever saw it. A season three episode, like four or something, episode of Friends, and it's how they start off the episode. If you haven't seen the episode of Friends, I don't know what's wrong with you. Go
0: back and watch Friends. That's a classic uh, <laughs> episode.
1: Well, it's a classic show, too. Yeah, right, exactly. Of our age of growing up. But yeah, it was a great episode, and I recommend seeing that episode specifically, but the whole show as well. And that's why Dan and I had a little inside joke going on this one, because we had both seen that episode of Friends, and then we had done the top five list, and so I I smiled as well, Dan, when I heard him say it.
0: Yes. The whole thing with the mystery... A lot of shows, you could consider that as dropping the ball. I think that Castle is a show that at times needs to take a breather and focus on its characters and do some of that building. And I think they did that perfectly. And it was very nice to see an actress who is pretty well known for another show come on there and do what she did with playing Beckett and all that at mimicking that role and stuff. Normally, a show, they just try to go for star power, and they use that as enough to do whatever function they need to have happen. But I was really impressed that Laura Prepod really tried to go all out and make us really feel like she was an actress trying to get into a role. I thought she had a very good performance in the episode.
1: Oh, I agree. She did an excellent job. Playing the bad performance to begin with was probably... Equally as difficult as doing the exact mimicking of Stanislav, you know. Right. Being that far off was probably as much of a challenge as being that close to being exactly like her. So you got to give her credit for going full out both ways.
0: But I, I will say, Ed, again, I did get a little nervous, and this is just because of watching head-on bones when she came in and she was doing the bad acting. Because I was like, uh-oh, you know, this is being overplayed, this isn't good. And then when I got what the writers were going for, I felt a lot better.
1: Yeah, but what the difference with Hannah on Bones is that she's not trying to be a bad actress.
0: Yeah, she is bad. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. But I did get a little scared at first. Again, I've not watched a lot of TV uh, over the past two weeks. I watched a lot of movies. So that being the first thing coming into watching TV... For two weeks scare me a bit. But then I got what they were going for. And I totally felt the way Castle did. And that's what they wanted to do. And that was really well done. And an interesting tidbit about the proposal thing. Which was another part of the episode we liked. I think. That that was. The actor who plays Ryan's. Actual wife. Because if you watch the credits. For the episode. There's an actress and her name. She had the same last name. As the actor who plays Ryan. Seamus Dever, I think, his name. And I forget what the actress's name, but her last name was Dever. So I'm assuming that that was his wife. That would be cool. Or he proposed to her on the show, like that was a real proposal. I don't know. I see Nathan Fillion being capable of doing something like that or setting something like that up on set for him, because Nathan Fillion just likes to have fun on set, and a proposal on set would have been something that he would be like, ooh, ooh, let's do that. Okay, that's fun. I'm not sure, but that would be cool if it was. Yeah,
1: I, I didn't even pay attention, so kudos to you for seeing that.
0: I don't know how I caught it. It was just kind of one of those random things that happened, but yeah. But uh, Well, did you have
1: anything else with uh, Castle this week?
0: I was just going to say, I think next week's going to be the mystery that we're looking for. Good. It's a magician story, mm-hmm. and it involves a trick gone wrong, which can always turn into an interesting story.
1: Yeah, I uh, I read the intro for it today, and it sounds like it's going to be a pretty good episode.
0: But again, this was a great episode, too. It was. And we cannot count this one out at all, even though the mystery was somewhat weak. So anyway, did you have anything else, Nico, or are we good to go?
1: I think we're good for Castle this week. All
0: right. And again, guys, if you feel a little shortchanged on discussions from us, you know, we're really sorry. It's just nothing else is on currently right now to talk about so in the next couple weeks it'll be picking up on things that are going on but again we're coming right off the holidays so there wasn't a lot of time to put together something for another topic but I did take the time to put something together to talk a little bit about the People's Choice Awards which aired last Sunday or sometime this past week again I missed the event but I did research what happened with it the People's Choice Awards is kind of an award show that I feel is important because I'm all about the audience's opinions on shows and that's really what I base my decisions on watching certain things on, is what the people are thinking or what I write, I try to keep the audience in mind, so I think a People's Choice Award is a great honor but other people kind of say it's a cheapo award show it's not as studious as something like the Golden Globes or the Oscars, or Emmys, or things like that. You know, it's kind of a joke. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the actors who win them don't feel that way. But that's kind of where it's at. But we're going to talk about the People's Choice Awards and our thoughts on them. So, why don't we just go ahead and we're going to talk about, basically we're going to give you headlines from the People's Choice Awards that apply to topics that we have covered on this podcast. So, all of these kind of Awards that were given pertain to things we've either briefly mentioned on the podcast or had entire episodes dedicated to. So, Nico, do you want to take it away with our first headline?
1: Starting things off in movies, Toy Story 3 won Favorite Family Movie.
0: And Iron Man 2 won Favorite Action Movie, with Robert Downey Jr. being nominated as Favorite Movie Actor to lose out to Johnny Depp which I could see being a close vote. And he was also nominated as favorite action star, only to lose out for Jackie Chan, which I was assuming was for his performance at The Karate Kid, which I have not seen yet, but I heard was a good film.
1: In television, ATA fan favorite Neil Patrick Harris won favorite TV comedy actor, and The Simpsons won favorite TV family
0: show. Bones was nominated for favorite TV crime drama, and again, it's one of my favorites, but it ended up losing to Fox's Lie to Me, which I heard is a great show, and I'm kind of interested in checking it out now.
1: I watch it, and it is a good show. Emily Deschanel was nominated as Favorite TV Crime Fighter for Bones, but she lost out to Tim Roth for Lie to Me.
0: Which was kind of disappointing. I guess that wasn't based on that episode, the mid-season finale of Bones, which was a great episode, which I think Emily Deschanel deserves a award for. But moving on, Kawaii Five O, which we discussed, won favorite new TV drama over No Ordinary Family, which was the other new show that we talked about in that episode.
1: Finally, the best news of the night was that Fringe won favorite sci fi fantasy show over both Smallville and Supernatural,
0: which makes Dan and I
1: both feel better about Fringe's move to
0: Friday Night. Yeah, and with that, I kind of want to hand things over to you, Nico. Why don't you go ahead first with your thoughts on the People's Choice Awards? And then I'll add in my thoughts based on kind of what you give our listeners. Sure. Dan, I'm in the other category than you.
1: I don't put much faith in the People's Choice Awards usually because it tends to be a popularity contest rather than based on merit. It does show what the fans are interested in, and so it can have some major power in it. However, this year's choice of MPH, Fringe, Hawaii Five-O, and Simpsons And the nomination of Emily Deschanel, Bones, and some of the other nominations that we saw shows that sometimes we normal people get it right. And I was glad to see that many of our shows here on ATA got so much love from the People's Choice Awards.
0: Yeah, and it made me feel good that we picked the right five shows to focus on. It validates
1: the decisions that you and I have made in, in our selections, as you just said, But it also shows that we kind of have an idea of what some of the other viewers out there are also thinking. And so it was good to see that we're not completely coming out of left field here. Yeah,
0: Right, exactly. And this was just another thing to add to the TV cover contest that made us feel like, okay, we're doing the right thing here.
1: Exactly. I didn't really have too many surprises where I was completely blown away in the categories that I looked. Like you said, lie to me is something that you want to probably check out now. And I would recommend that based on not only uh, winning those two awards that we talked about, but also my own personal viewing. I've watched it from the beginning. And it is good storytelling and interesting because he's a human lie detector, essentially. He uses science and microaggressions in the face and different cues to tell whether or not someone is lying. It makes for interesting television and he's just a crazy character so right. it's fun to watch but other than that I didn't really have much more to say
0: the thing of it is I see where you're coming from on the People's Choice Awards based on the result of best movie which I'm not going to get into it too much because I don't want to give it any more publicity than it's already got it. because I'm just not a fan of it is Twilight the new movie won is it Eclipse is that the name of it See, I don't even know the name of it because I really don't care. Yeah, Eclipse. That one Best Movie. Yeah, that's terrible. And I don't agree with that entirely. And that was teenage girls playing a popularity contest.
1: Yeah, see, that's my point. And I think Kristen Stewart won the actress, yeah. too. And did Robert Patterson win the male lead? Because I saw...
0: No, it was um, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp won Best Actor.
1: Okay, there was another category, though, that I saw that was like, oh, best actor or best star under 25. And it was Zac Efron, Robert Patterson, Kristen Stewart, you know, and they listed off and I was like, I haven't liked the single movie that any of them are in. Although I actually am going to see one of Zac Efron's most recent movie last year something Charlie Rose or something like that. I heard it was actually pretty good.
0: Yeah, so, I, heard, uh, I heard that too.
1: So I'm going to check that one out. And uh, if it is good, like everybody said, then I'll have to apologize to Zach Efron for my previous comment. <laughs> but up to now, I have not seen anything that I've liked any of those actors. Kristen Stewart being the exception. I have liked a lot of her stuff prior to Twilight.
0: Yeah, I feel you on that. And Johnny Depp makes me have faith that he won Best Actor, feel a little bit better. So it's really, it's an argument that could go either way about the People's Choice Awards. Because a lot of the TV decisions that were made were really well thought out, I felt. Especially for Fringe. That's a really smart sci-fi show. And I'm glad that show has the followers to it, because I really feel they put a lot of thought and research into that show. So it was very exciting to see that And it also makes me feel better about their move to Friday night. That they'll be okay. That they're going to be in a situation that Smallville was in when they got moved to Friday night. Because I was scared about that. So it may work out. Again, that could be the nail in the coffin for Supernatural. But the episode they have planned for the mid-season premiere of Supernatural sounds really good. So we'll see who's going to win this fight here. But it's going to be exciting to watch TV Friday night. And I know I'll be watching Fridge live, and I will be watching Supernatural after that. But again, it, winning favorite sci-fi fantasy makes me feel better. And maybe it'll make the CW and Fox kind of take a look at their scheduling, since both of their shows that are going up against each other were both nominated for that People's Choice Award. And Supernatural did win last year. Right. So it really could go either way for both shows. And I really kind of want them both to survive, to be honest.
1: Yeah, you know, I do too. I want Supernatural to get back to where it was. We've been harping on it all season and I don't want to get into us saying bad things or being disappointed with Supernatural right now, but I would like to see it survive, not just survive, but strive back to where it was last season, and particularly season 1, 2, and 3, really, and into 4, and not so much 5 for this season 6. Get back to where it was, and then I don't think it'll have any trouble going up against Fringe or whatever else they put up against it. So, really hope that the second half of the season we get some really good Friday night television. And I'm finding it hard to go out on Friday nights because I want to watch television and stuff.
0: Yeah, I feel you there. And Friday night's always been a big night for sci fi. It has. So, you'll just see how this goes. I just hope that Supernatural getting nominated for the People's Choice Awards and Supernatural winning the cover contest does not get to their heads because I still think they have a lot of work to do to make it better. So I hope that they look at Fridge beating them out this year, saying that maybe our shows went down a bit because we won the People's Choice Award last year. So I hope that they get a wake-up call that there's still a lot of work to do and there's still things they need to make better instead of saying oh, well, we got a nomination for the People's Choice Awards again, and we made this cover, so we don't have to worry about it either. So I hope that they still realize that there is still things they need to clean up. And again, they've made steps in the right direction, I feel, those last three episodes of the season, but we'll see where it goes. And again, we're kind of going down this well of speculation and stuff. And honestly, I'm just really excited for new TV to start, and I'm sure you are too. Absolutely. So, since we don't have any new TV to talk about right now, do you want to wrap up the episode? Sounds good. Okay. So, why don't you take it away and tell everyone what we've got coming down the pipe next week. On next week's
1: episode, we're going to be reviewing another new episode of Castle. we an in-depth for a new season for Human Target that has been too good for us not to take
0: it. And real quick about the whole Human Target thing, I don't know if that is going to happen next week, or if it's going to be as long of a discussion. The situation is, I'm going to be recording a interview with one of the people from Legendary Women, Inc. to take place during Chloe Fest. So, depending on that recording and editing and things like that, I'm not sure if we're going to get around a human target or not. I'm hoping so. I'm hoping that'll work out. If not, I will try and have Michael maybe put together a blog post about human target and his thoughts on the season so far, similar to what he put up on the site about V, which, by the way, was a great article. So I want to give kudos to Michael about that. And if you haven't read any of Michael's recent articles reviewing the first three episodes of Smallville, because I know he started at Homecoming, now he's went back and reviewed the first three episodes of Season 10, they've been really great. So check them out. Check out his article on V as well and let that be a decision on if you want to go back and continue watching the show as it's gone into season two. Again, I feel like the show it had a good episode, lost a little bit of momentum, but again, Michael's excited about it, and hopefully some other people are too, so check out that article. It's really well written, and Michael just keeps getting better with his article, so keep up the great work, Michael. And also, you can contact us in a variety of ways, and you can do this by visiting our website at www.acrosstheairwaves.com There you can find links to our Twitter which is Across Airwaves You can email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com And you can also get connected to our Facebook page where Nico posts TV news and we give TV scheduling updates which I promise will start back up during this week It's just we've been on hiatus and we'll get back going with that And also, that'll be the same with the Twitter. And also, you can visit our YouTube channel, where Michael has put up a bunch of great videos promoting Across the Airways, as well as our favorite shows. And right now, he's got all of the mid-season premiere previews up on that YouTube channel. So, if you're excited about a certain show, wanting to come back, or you want to find out a little bit more information, check out those videos. And he also put up a outstanding promo for Chloe Fest, letting you know about our connection with Legendary Women Inc. as well as the Chloe Fest event. So check out that video. It has a great song choice. It really applies to Chloe's character. And it's a really great thing. So check that out. And just check out all the great work Michael's been doing for us. As well as all the great work we've been doing with our podcast episodes. So with that, once again for our Brain Trust member, Michael J. Petty, I'm Dan Schmidt and I'm Nico Westler. And until next week, we will catch all of you on the airwaves. So see you later and have a great week.
1: We now return to our regularly scheduled program.